Hello, and welcome to this bonus episode of the Talking Heads podcast. While our usual episodes at this time will continue with Lucy and I talking about our head gardening lives, we also thought it would be nice to bring you other voices from the horticultural world. So, from time to time, we'll be bringing out these bonus episodes featuring conversations with head gardeners, curators, garden owners and other horticulturists from across the UK. Grab your favourite cuppa and settle back into this episode. Well, good evening, everybody, and welcome again to another episode of Talking Heads. If you're a first-time listener, welcome. Great time to join us because we're going to do one of our bonus interviews. And this time we have a former friend or should... No, not former friend. That sounds really bad. You're still a friend of the podcast, but you were on the podcast formerly when we were doing our Essex road trip. And it's Lou Nichols. <laughs> good, e- good evening, Lou. You all right? Evening. Um, I'm good. I have a fill cat and um, I'm now covered in fur. So perfect. We just saw, I just saw you giving Phil cat the most lovely tickle and his face on this. The, could be doing this via Zoom. His little face looks so content. You've got, you've got the magic touch with, with, with Phil, I think. It's, it's all about this. You've got to do <laughs> the wiggly fingers. Yeah. <laughs> now, for new listeners, this is a gardening podcast and not one on felines. But you know, Gosh. we can we can talk about cats occasionally. Um, Lou, we like to get people just to introduce themselves and just give us a little rundown on where they've been in horticulture. You know, where their careers taken them and why they got in in the first place. So, do you want to give us a little bit of a, a CV of yourself? Oh Lord. Um, now. If if we're going to go back to the beginning, um, it could take some time, but also I'll try and do it quickly. <laughs> We've well, got about half an hour. So. <laughs> as, uh, I started off as a jeweller um, up in Birmingham. Oh, Mont- you and Monty both, hey? Well, I'm not I'm not from Birmingham, but I spent a bit of time up there. Um, <laughs> and um, basically after about three or four years of working in a factory, which is basically what it was, and not seeing daylight, I went, I really can't do this anymore. What do I like doing? Um, and both mum and dad were keen gardeners, grand and granddad keen gardeners. Um, I basically sort of said to myself, what do I like doing? Um, what do I want to do as a career? And um, the answer was gardening. So I strapped my spade and my shovel on my back and pushed my um, my mower around in front of me and knocked on people's doors and said, do you want a gardener? Um, and that is kind of how I started. And I trained at Pershaw College. I eventually managed to work my way up to um, working for Rice and Organic Gardens and three interviews. And um, I got turned down first two interviews. And eventually on the third attempt, they, they gave in, relented. <laughs> what a lovely place to work. Though. It was. It was a, such an amazing place. Um, I've got friends now that you know I will have for the rest of my life yeah. because of yeah. that that place then there was a few other little sort of jaunts off left and right um did a few show gardens and silly things like that and um then I ended up working down in Kent at Sissinghurst um not in the main garden but at the veg garden with an absolutely stunning boss called Amy Wardman and I'm still oh. best mates with her, and uh, she she's now got two kids, and and she's happily married. And it's quite weird to think that when I knew her, she didn't have any children, and it's just like <laughs> where did they come from? 
those goopy wishes that she had in Sissinghurst, that's where they came from. I was just listening to our um, our interview that we had with Lou, and it was episode 57, if anyone wants to, wants to catch up with a quick chat that we had with Lou prior to this. And Saul, you actually referenced Sissinghurst there, didn't you? Because at Altingwick, there's a white border. Was that your influence, it Lou? Does feel a bit, it does feel a bit Sissinghurst, doesn't it? No, God, no, no. The white, the white garden, basically, um, I'd say almost everything is exactly how um, it was when I first joined. So the white garden, the pink garden, they, they were all designed maybe 10, 15, 20 years ago, I'm not sure. Okay. Um, the only things that, I mean, I haven't actually designed anything for, for Altingwick. Although we have added bits, um, we've completely... Your auricular theatre, I noticed, is there. So, oh, yeah, the, the, the I mean, to be fair, the auricular theatre was already there. So it was a passion for Philippa, um, but her, her previous gardener wasn't so keen and found them difficult right. to look after. Because um, they can be a bit tricky if you don't love them. You know, they, they're a little bit faffy. <laughs> Um, I like Faffy, you know, standing there picking off tiny little leaves and primping oh. them the whole time. But yeah, so that was already there. I think the only things, I mean, the iris bed. Have you, you haven't seen the new iris bed? I think last bed, time I came you? up, you were just you were just putting it. them in. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. You were just putting we're, them in. we're teasing people because we're talking yeah. about ulting when we should. I'm sorry, it's because I inter I interrupted and I asked you about ulting, and I'm sorry. We should get back to you because I'm excited well, about the vegetable. I'm excited I'm, about the vegetable gardening at Sissinghurst. You're always excited about vegetable gardening. I'm going to drag you back to Sissinghurst because I, I want to ask Lou whether you're more interested in because if you've got vegetable experience in your background mm. and also ornamental, which end do you which end do you favour or are you a mixed are you a mixed horticulturist? I started off doing tropicals, um, you know, sort of like bromeliads and orchids and aglaonemas and dracaenas yeah, and stuff okay. like that. So. Um, now your ears are picked up so yeah exactly I was just going to go Ooh. <laughs> I mean the, that's the bonus of alting work is I get to do a little bit of everything so I get to do those vegetable gardenings I, I get to do the, the the tulips I get to do the the bedding schemes I get to do the jungly stuff I get everything there so there is a bonus of that but I I was so concentrated on vegetables for so long um, I think I, I kind of yeah, I kind of got myself to the point where I, I was all vegged out. Yeah, got saturated by your Brussels sprouts and your kale and onions. You yearned for something a little bit more exotic and proliferous. And and is that what you did after Sissinghurst? Where did you move from after after the veg? I went to the Hull Park. So do you know Hull Park? It's um, only about five or six miles away from Sissinghurst. Um, and the head gardener there is a, a chap called Quentin Stark, and he is absolutely stunning. He really is. He holds a national collection of Iffian. I think, is that how you say it? Yes, Iffian, yeah. And he has an amazing knowledge of plants. And I was only there for a relatively short time, but I learned a hell of a lot whilst I was with him. And then from there, I... I made a big mistake about which place I went to next. And I'm not going to say where it was because, you know, it's not very fair on them because it's totally, you know. It's all, that, I just, it's all right. It's a learning curve. <laughs> <laughs> Anything that you do in your career. Well, I, just, I just made a mistake about, you know, you know when you, you go for an interview and you think this is going to be amazing. 
And then on the first day of being there, I just went, oh, my God, I have made a horrendous mistake. I tell you what, it's all useful learning stuff, Lou, you know, and you've got and sometimes it's you just got to go fair enough. Take it on the gin and move and move on. That's it. It's not an opportunity lost. That's it. So I think I only stayed there about nine months. um, And then I did a year of maintenance gardening. um, And then I saw Philippa's um, job come up. So I was, you know, I saw it and I thought, my God, that looks amazing. Um, and so I applied and thankfully Philippa was nice enough to take me on. <laughs> How many years ago was that now then? Oh, Christ. Um, I think it was over four, over four. I think. Um, what year? Okay. 2017. Yeah. So. And was that, was that your first role as head gardener? N- no. Um, so I, I was a head veg gardener, but I had also... About 10 years previously, I'd bitten off way more than I could chew because, you know, the arrogance of youth and you think you know everything. And I applied for this job and I got it. And it was amazing. Um, And unfortunately, it was at the same point that my mum got ill. So I was incredibly torn. I was half of my my sort of consciousness was going on to my mum and my dad because mum had gone into the hospital, um, had this massive operation. And then as she came out, this the dad could not have timed this one better. Um, he decided to have a heart attack, oh. as you do. And, um, so mum had literally just come out of hospital. Goodness dad me. had had Goodness a heart me. attack. You know, they're up, they're up in Durham, I'm down in Hertfordshire at the time. And I was having to go up and down, up and down, up and down. And um, basically, I, I just went, I can't do this anymore. I can't be head gardener here and I can't give yeah. this what it needs. And I so I, I quit and <laughs> I just went and I looked after mum for about six months. So, well, if you're going to quit, that's, you know, that's a good reason to do it for to look after your parents, isn't it? Who wouldn't do that? I think so. it's I think it's a good point to say that gardening and especially when you head garden is quite an encompassing thing and it does take up a lot mm. a lot of your life in some ways because that's gardening in general you know it's not like a, a factory job or an office job where it just shuts down at six five or six or whenever you stop it is actually quite you know it is quite all-encompassing and then if other things are happening in life that can impinge on it slightly so it is something worth noting if you mm. do become a head gardener especially for an estate where it's quite intense that it can actually become quite a uh, 24-7 thing sometimes. It really is, because you're looking after living things. And, you know, an office, if you go off for a weekend, the worst thing that's going to happen is your answer phone machine is going to be completely full and your emails are going to stack up. But if you go off and you leave a glass house in the middle of the summer with no one watering it, no one opening it, no one shutting it, you know, you're going to come back to a load of dead things, basically. So <laughs> you can't afford yeah. to do that. Yeah. I like say physically and mentally, I think it is an all-encompassing role, isn't it? Because unless you've got a big team, and I think the way, where we all work, what we have in common here is that we all work in gardens where there's small private gardens with small teams. And so you are dependent on those people to pitch in. At the hall, we, we juggle um my husband going off to harvest for quite a few weeks in the summer and nick also does um harvesting in the summer jade has her children in the school holidays usually to look after and so and then all these things come along and you have to try to as you say manage them 
And unless you've got a really uh, strong team of people very happy to take a hit now and then, because you can't all have your holidays when you want them. You know, you've, you've just got to be flexible and amenable and, and think of the garden as a whole and its best interests, haven't you? Oh, absolutely. And especially this last year where everyone's lives have been turned upside down. Um, mm. I mean, I think we lost Rachel, my assistant. Um, and, you know, she, she does two days a week. But those two days, that's that's 16 hours of essentialness, you know, and um, mm. not not just the actual work she does, but she's just, she's a good mate, you know. The October, I didn't know that she'd left. Um, what a shame. No, she's still here. To... She's still, you know, she, she hasn't left because the school's shut. Um, she's having to do her own oh. childcare because, you know, and she's having to do homeschooling and... And she came in for my birthday the other day and it was the first time we've seen each other since before Christmas. And, you know, we're still not hugging. And it's so difficult, oh, isn't it? No. Especially for Lou. We know you like awkwardly long oh, hugs, you me. know. It's <laughs> oh, it's so difficult, isn't it? <laughs> Sorry, not for me. Still doesn't know where anyway. to put himself. <laughs> oh. Yeah, I, I remember oh. my old boss um, assisting her. She said, because I got all emosh um, when when Amy left, and she said, "Oh, the ice lady's crying," and I was just like, "Really? Is that that's how you see me?" But yeah. <laughs> uh, so so the garden at Alting, I was obviously now we are in ramping up for the coming season. We're you know we are, are you excited at the moment? And are you and Philippa and Rachel both you know all looking at it and thinking this is going to be the year to knock the spots obviously off last year make up for all that I hope so. and and are you really trying to kind of like throw your energy into it is that how, is that your mindset at the moment to be honest I'm just kind of um trotting on you know I don't think about it in the sense of um I mean okay I, I think about the open days I'm thinking sort of like either in three months ahead or in two weeks ahead and you've got those two sets of things going on in your head I I I think because I worked in gardens that were open every single day of the year all of the time um in my head I'm always thinking the garden is open 24 7 does that make sense yeah. so that when yeah. we get to yeah. the actual open days I'm not pushing and pushing and pushing it's it's just a, a continuous rolling yeah does that make yeah. sense um, it does. it does. Have you, obviously, we had the announcement, announcement well, for us it was yesterday, I'm not, this is going out at the weekend, but um, about the unfolding of the, the lockdown, the, the, the sort of getting back to, to normal, as it were. Um, so, you now have, we now all have a, a calendar to work to. So, do you and, and Philippa now have a date when your first actual open well, day at Alting is going to be? We, we've been, I mean, in theory, we've been allowed to open throughout hmm. um, because of I mean because it's an NGS garden something to do with and I don't understand this properly but the fact that it's a garden and not a garden center or not a shop you know because it's it's parkland effectively mm. I think we've been allowed to be open the whole time if needs be yeah yes. now we yeah. had wanted to do a thing for snowdrops but um, due to the, the garden got slightly flooded, 
a couple of weeks back when we had all that heavy rain just before the snow. Yeah, it was great. There was a duck on the lawn. Um, <laughs> and um, of course, half the snowdrops were underwater. And we've just bought one called Anglesey Orange Tip, and it just looks like it's been ducked in underwater. So, yeah, they all kind of looked vaguely orangey, um, which isn't a great look for snowdrop. It really <laughs> no, they're usually white, aren't yeah, they? They're usually yeah, white not these ones. They're, they're duck pond <laughs> orange. It's great. Lovely. Well, hopefully you'll get back to many groups. I know for Stonelands, we are planning to have our groups back at Stonelands for April. So um, it'll be interesting. Well, we haven't got many bookings so far, but I'm expecting bookings to increase as uh, as more people are comfortable with coming out. Uh, now, one question I do want to ask you, Lou, because there is a difference between me and Lucy's estate and yours in that you have an owner who is a very, very keen gardener, probably does as much gardening as any gardener would. And both me and Lucy don't really have that. We have owners, obviously, and they want the gardens to look a certain way, but they don't really come out and muck in and do the gardening. How does that work? How, how does it work for you? With you know, without putting you too much on the spot, and uh, I'm not, I'm sh I don't think Philippa listens to podcasts. I'm sure that's what she said when we interviewed her. <laughs> um, so she probably won't hear this. But how 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 is the relationship between you as a gardener and an owner that is a very keen gardener and has a has a very keen direction on which way she wants the garden to look? It is a I mean, don't get me wrong, I absolutely adore Philippa. I'm going to preface everything with this um, because, you know, as a person, we get on great. There are times that I irritate the living day daylights out of her, and I know I do. And equally, I think she would say that, you know, she, she thinks that she irritates me because it's a very close working relationship. Yeah, and, yeah. You know, you've got two very strong-headed women you know, in this close relationship and it's her garden and mm. she wants it to go a, a certain direction. And I always have to have that in the back of my mind because it is her garden. But equally, I'm her head gardener. And, you know, I, I in my head, because that's how all head gardeners I think are, is we've all got this idea that we know best. That's why we become head gardeners. <laughs> Well, we do. <laughs> but, um, you know, so I, I've had to refine my diplomacy. I'm not the most diplomatic person in the world. I, I'll be the first to admit that. So I've had to really work hard on my diplomacy um, because she's my boss, you know. Mm. Can't you just walk off and mumble and go into the shed and kick a bucket? That's what most of us do, <laughs> haven't we? <laughs> <laughs> do, but do you do you do you find it difficult because at Stonelands although the owner likes it looking nice he gives me a quite a free reign to actually do the garden how I see fit do you find it frustrating that sometimes you maybe don't get your way on certain things that certain things you think this would look really nice if you just did this but you have to do it a different way to be fair she 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 does give me um Quite a bit of credit in that sense. Lovely. That's good. If I go out and I see, say, for example, like, you know, the, um, oh, God, great big heart-shaped leaves, you love them. Colocasia. Yes, thank you. I was thinking Esculenta, and that's the second half of its name. It that is, like, yes, that's the species, yeah. But, yeah, so um, if I go out and I see some like that, or some coleus or um, the Sparmania, I came back with that, and... You know, if I see things which I think, oh, she'll like that, you know, and um, if I like it, 
I'll go out and I'll grab it. And, you know, she's she's very good about letting me have like little yeah. bits. Some little wins. You get the little wins. Yeah. yeah. And, and I think, to be fair, although we don't have exactly the same taste in stuff, um, because that would be quite weird if we did, there's a lot of crossovers. So, I mean, occasionally I'll turn around and say, oh, I'd like to see blah, blah, blah. And she'll go, really? You know, but we can't be exactly the same. You know, I like different roses to to that which she likes. So, But don't you also think that because of that relationship, because of your, like you say, both of you strong-willed women, yeah. uh, if you weren't there and if you hadn't been there for the last four or five years, would the garden look different, do you think? Because you must have had an influence, even though you may be thinking, mm. not quite sure what it is. I bet you have. I bet you've steered things without realising it. I know from looking at pictures of the old farmyard now, um, maybe this was the direction it was going anyway, but um, when you look at old pictures of it, it, it's much smaller. I'm now getting to the stage where I'm going, I think we've made it big enough. <laughs> When you're walking through it, it's it, the end of the year. It's what, 15, 16 foot high in places. and You're in the garden. You're literally in and underneath the yeah, garden, aren't you? But equally, it's, it's kind of like when you see the old pictures of it and we're now struggling with the amount of shade um, because we've got stuff that like the dahlias that like a lot of sun. You've yeah. introduced all the all of these, you know, the, all of the mousses and the insects and the big leaf stuff, which is creating all this shade. It, the, the dahlias are struggling in that shade. So we're having to constantly find stuff that can take the shade and still look good. It's getting a bit tricky. So I think maybe just like get it in two, two three foot lower, maybe, maybe. Do you enjoy old <laughs> things? Do you, do you enjoy it as a garden? I really do. I mean, you've got that challenge constantly. Um, there's never a point where you're kicking back and sitting on your your nether regions and thinking, well, I've finished my job for today. You know, so um it's it's constantly revolving and turning and and it it that's mm. quite exciting mm. yeah. in its own yeah. way. Yeah. Well I can imagine the rate of growth in that garden when things get going, especially the tropicals when they're in, how on earth do you keep up with those? You just keep watering. <laughs> you just water, 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 everything, everywhere. Because we're in the driest part of the mm-hmm. world. I was going to say, that garden's more akin to a Devon Cornish garden than it is an Essex garden. So I'm always amazed at how lush it does look come does, the yeah. late summer, autumn, because the amount of water you've had to... Like those collocations, especially in the bananas, you know, they just need so much water. We've got drip them. irrigation pipe mm. put in. And without those, I think we'd yeah. be knackered. Yeah. Mm. I mean, Philippa's favourite hashtag is drier than Jerusalem. <laughs> <laughs> get less rainfall than Jerusalem. Has has Philippa not thought oh, maybe I should do a dry garden like Beth Chatter or something? <laughs> maybe something, you know, right plant, right place. Or is she just keen? She just she likes tropicals too much that she has to do it. Whatever. She's got a strong head. She's got a yeah. strong head, and and she will bend everything to her will. <laughs> well, if you get the chance, if anyone's listening and you're in the area, please go and yeah. see. It's an amazing garden, and, and have a listen to our podcast fifty six fifty seven. When we went there, it's actually a, we went there and drooled really good... all over the garden, didn't we? It was um, oh, embarrassing. You can hear me visibly just going, yeah, going, oh, 
<laughs> all the way through. <laughs> it was lovely to see your faces as you walked around, though. The excitement was just... Oh, we were we were like two little children in a sweet shop. I know that we we were... Because oh, you've been wanting to see Alting Wick for a long time, Saw, so, because I've been waxing yeah. lyrical about it mm. myself. And then by the time we actually got there in the car, we were just in a frenzy, like just buzzing and waiting to get out. <laughs> so. I forgot I had to do a podcast. That's how good it was. <laughs> Lou, we must talk about all your other ventures as well as being head gardener at Altingwick, you've got many other strings to your bow and we do want to talk about those tonight. I know you, you run practical courses and um, you, you give talks. I was sawling yourself a um, Zoom talk aficionados. You really embrace that. But you've also got a venture which started a few months ago, which is called Lou Nichols Adventures in Horticulture. And um, can you explain how you that idea even came about to you because it's quite uh, pioneering i think mm, so yeah, we're both very, very impressed different. with you know how how you've taken this idea on and, and made it your own and and so so yeah what was the thinking behind it what what drove you to do that honestly um it was because my dad was bored in lockdown <laughs> good old dad we've got him to thank oh yeah um, he's he's 82 um and he'll be 83 at the end of this month so Yes, dad. And uh, he was bored senseless and I was missing my garden club. I, I was kind of thinking to myself, how can I, because I, I was listening to everyone saying about, oh, Zoom this, or um, there was one that came out at the start of lockdown. It's called House Party, um, which has died a death and nobody uses anymore. But there was um, also Microsoft mm -hmm. Teams and various other sort of, ways of keeping in touch with people and dad's quite um natty on the computer oh. he bought um a computer back in 1980 something zx spectrum that had a tape deck and you know he used to teach us to do programming on the computer so he, he was pretty good you know and he's always been a bit of a silver surfer so i was like okay how can i keep him amused and stop him from wanting to leave the house, basically, and keep him safe. Um, and, you know, if I'm missing my garden club, then everyone else in horticulture is missing garden mm. clubs. All of my talks had been cancelled. So, you know, I, I'd lost a yeah. source of income in yeah. a sense. And I thought, well, if I've lost that, there's other people who rely on it more than I do, who have also lost that source of income. And how can I basically, um, I'm, I'm sorry, I'm laughing because look who's <laughs> just cut my dad's. Dad's so his, his, his ears are burning. <laughs> They're so close to your dad. I'm going to ditch him. Sorry, dad. I'm going to ditch him. But, um, so eight o'clock every night he rings me. Um, so, yeah, I, I basically, I was trying to work out a way of, of getting all of these different elements and, and sticking them together and doing an online garden club. and. I'd heard people talking about this thing called Patreon. And normally it's for artists, you know, so I've got a couple of friends who are artists who sell their work online. And there's another one called Twitch as well, which is more mm. for gamers yeah. or something. I, I don't understand that one. But, you know, I, I was seeing friends who were DJs um, doing online sort of house parties and that sort of thing on Twitch. And I, I, I looked into Patreon and I, I, I thought, well, 
I don't really want to charge people a lot of money. Um, it's not about making a profit in, in that sense. It's enough to be able to pay the garden speaker a decent amount, you know, so whoever does the talk for the night, I want them to get a decent income out of it. And um, if I can get X amount of people in, um, what's the minimum amount? Of, I, I was prepared to take a hit for the first two or three mm. talks because thinking, well, I'm not going to be able to get enough people in to generate enough income to pay the speaker. So I was like, well, I'll, I'll do that out of my own pocket in that sense. But as it turned out, I didn't need to because so many people got on board mm. so quickly. Like, okay. And we went from, um, I managed to reduce it and I'm going to reduce it again as soon as I can. So we've gone from five pounds per month, um, which you know, so that that's slightly above what most garden okay. clubs charge. Yeah. We've dropped it down to three pound a month. Yeah, that's a lovely number, isn't um, it? Now, so that's that's kind of on the level. I'd love to be able to drop it down to just a quid a month, and then it will become so much more accessible. Yeah. You know, there's so many more people that could actually join if it was just a quid, because life is difficult enough at the moment, and we're all in the same sort of difficult financial mm. straits. You know who knows what life is going to hold for us in the future. But if we can have this thing where we're learning about gardening, we're, we're talking to people who really know their stuff um, and we're getting hints and tips off them. Like we've got um, Matthew Oliver talking about growing his giant pumpkins this month. Sorry, no, plugging away. <laughs> Don't you worry. That's about Matthew's 10th uh, plug on this podcast. <laughs> he's going to have to start paying soon. He's, he's an excellent <laughs> chap. He, he's so sweet. He really is. Um, and then we've got Barbara Seagal. Oh, um, next month. And she's t- telling us about herbs for culinary purposes. Very nice. So, And there's a few other people lined up. I need to confirm. You see, I... I haven't been confirming more than three months ahead because I I just didn't know whether or not it would continue. You know, people would want to continue. So, so, sorry, is it just once a month you do a, a talk then? Yeah, there, um, there's a there is a a thing that initially I was going to run it more often than that. Um, and if we get more people join up, I would like to do. There is occasionally we do do two talks a month occasionally, so. We had um, a chap called Dr. Phil Gill Martin give us a talk on Primula. So that was an extra one. And then I did a little free one on auriculars, um, which I just let anyone join rather than just, you know, so so the people who didn't know what it was like could get a feel mm. for it. How many people did you get watching that one? There, there was, I, you see, I, I didn't do the oh, letting okay. in on that one. I got Jenny to do that. And I think we were close to our limit. Um, the last time I looked, we were in high oh, 60s. Wow. That's good. That's really good. Looking because it, it was it was freaking me out. Um, <laughs> I was trying to concentrate on doing the talk as opposed to, you know, normally I, I do the, the co-hosting, you know, I, I let the people in questions and blah, blah, blah. And that's much easier than doing the talk. <laughs> so you're doing the talks yeah. over Zoom? Uh, people need to be able to zoom if they yes. thought, okay and are you you're only letting the the people who pay the subscription over patreon because patrons crowdsource uh sorry not crowdsource crowdfunding isn't crowdfunding. it that kind of thing yeah yeah yes yeah. it's, it's kind of uh, basically 
you you pay your three pound a month you get a newsletter i anything that i find that i think people might be interested in like other free talks i stick into a newsletter how often does that go out the newsletter there's a thing that you can join that is a higher level where i do a how-to video once a month um which it's kind of good if if you don't know the basics um i would somebody like yourself wouldn't necessarily get any benefit out of the how-to videos (laughs) who knows (laughs) i mean i was saying to somebody the other day about um fruit pruning is you can get five different gardeners who are all incredibly good and they will all prune an apple tree a different way a different way yeah (laughs) they will and they're all right but you know, they will all tell you that their their way is the best. Yeah, way. everyone else is wrong. You're the right one. That everyone else is right. <laughs> yeah, exactly. I'm right. Yeah, everyone else yeah. is wrong. But you know, uh, they can be wrong in a good way. I think that's the good thing about Patreon. Just going back to to that as a as a formula, in that as you say, you if you can commit to it financially, what you want to, and then if you as you say, if you pay a basic rate, you get certain benefits. If you pay more. Um, and then more again you've got these tiers haven't you so you you get and you say you've got your newsletter you've got videos that you do once a month you've obviously got the zoom talks that are the 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 real lure to get people in what else can people get if they want to look on your adventures in horticulture well the 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 zoom talks stay online for 30 days yeah that i think that's the um right so you can access past talks yes okay so that's nice you know like even if you can't watch it live um say for example i don't know if you've got kids you know your kids might be ill that night and you know or you might want to watch something on the tv or it clashes with something i don't know but you know it gives you that opportunity to catch up um at a later date Mm. And that seems to be quite popular. And I say to people, if you want to ask good questions, just send them in to me and I'll ask them on your behalf. I do have to warn people that they're being recorded, you know, because that's how modern life is, is you're being recorded. The the lovely thing about Patreon, and and that as a route to um, creating a horticultural network such as this, is that you can still be impartial because there's other routes to trying to get something to a mass audience which would involve say sponsorship or um advertising and you don't have to with patreon you don't have to bow to any of that you are your own boss aren't you which i think is i've never even thought of that but yeah you're right yeah you you're not your thoughts aren't diluted you can go to who you want to to be the speaker yeah and you don't need to then mention a sponsor or you don't need to you know as you say mention a product that with that's advertised it's it, it your your impartiality i think that's really important isn't it you're your own curator you don't yeah. have to bow yeah like you say curate it to anyone else's wishes yeah i i've never considered that but yes you're you're completely correct and um it's funny i i just kind of bumble along i don't plan these things um i don't I, I probably should think more about them, but I just thought, how can I, how can I do this? And how can I, I don't want to be messing about taking money off people um, every month. And yeah, Patreon takes a cut. And do you know what? That's fine yeah. because it means that I don't have to worry about keeping everyone's email addresses. I don't have to worry about taking money off them every month. I don't have to um, worry about sending out, 200 odd emails to different email addresses and i can just put up a post and go there you go sort it out yourself like you know 
<laughs> that that's it takes it it takes all the admin out of it which is great yeah i think i think there's a lot of different things that can happen in the future i know me and a few societies that i chair are thinking about doing zoom as part of a in-person meeting and you know having hybrid meetings and sometimes being at home sometimes being in halls so there's a lot of things happening what's the future for for, for your well i don't want to call it a society initiative. club initiative well, what would you call it your your adventure <laughs> there you go we'll just call it what's what's the future for that i do you know i haven't thought any further ahead than three months at a time um literally i'm i'm not i don't think it's Perhaps it will last forever. I don't know. I just kind of think it's of the moment. And whilst it's working, great. And if it means that we get to see people who we wouldn't normally see, because, say, for example, I would never get to see who who have we had that lives miles away. Sorry, my brain's just... So Stephen Edney, say, for example, he's down in Kent. The odds of him being able to come up to... the We've got a lady who, who joins from India. Brilliant. Yeah. You know, you're international. How often is she going to be able to see people in England giving garden talks? And there's somebody who lives up in Scotland. There's somebody who lives in Ireland. You know, I don't know where 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 everyone comes from, but um, I do know that there was a lady in France, and she's actually just moved. She's moved back to England, but she was based in France. It just gives you that opportunity to see people that you wouldn't normally see um, unless you travelled yeah. miles. Yeah, that's that yeah. is what one thing it, from lockdown that we've all as a as a sector in horticulture we have uh, embraced. I think Zoom and you know other routes to to um, having these kind of um, conference call setups because they do allow you to a see your audience us gardeners we're very sociable friendly people we like to see who we're talking to we like to keep in contact we like to, it's always pulling a face <laughs> we we like we like to feel part of something feel connected i mean that's what horticulture brings to people anyhow i think doesn't it you know a common theme it's like um people who like football they talk about football get a lot of gardeners together we can't stop talking about gardening so i think that's been a really positive thing that you're doing and, and hats off to you for taking the leap. And as you say, you know, it's a bit of a gamble and you're having to, as you thought, potentially financially commit yourself to that for the until it was up and running. So I just like to say, well done, Lou, for, for doing that, being brave, being strong-minded female who's just pioneering this idea. I'm really <laughs> Sorry. No, it's true though, honestly. Credit where credit's Definitely. due. I think it's incredible. And that's, you know, something that... It needs to be recognised. I think if anybody is interested in any of what we're talking about now, Lou, is, is there's a website, is there, that people need to go to? Um, okay. Uh, there, there's the Patreon one, which is the one that um, I stick on my Twitter all the time. Sorry, I'm just going to try and find the actual... I'm useless at doing the www dots. Uh, just Lou J Nichols at Patreon. Just, just, yeah. just Google it. Yeah, all the information's there. But there's also, I mean, it's on my blog and it's on the Facebook page. But no, I, I think if people want to uh, tap up 
Lou and look at what she's been look she's doing. Um, we we follow you on Twitter, which I think Twitter in itself is a wonderful platform for for you. You're always on there telling us about not just your horticulture, but Phil, your beloved cat, your dad, um, all the antics you get up to with with yourself and Philippa. I never shout. It's, it's lovely. It's a lovely feed to follow. <laughs> um, thank you so much for being our bonus episode interview for this month we wish you every success with your adventures in horticulture uh, we hope that alting has a fantastic year as well and has many many visitors who will drool as much as we did you'll have to come and see us at the oh. end of april beginning of may when we open up for tulips that would be fantastic oh the tulips are just to die for we can so i can so vouch for that um thank you so much for being our guest tonight we, we wish you every success and it's been lovely talking to you. Thank you. We really hope you've enjoyed listening in to our conversation. We definitely look forward to bringing you more of these in the future. Staying in touch with our fellow peers in the industry is more important now than ever. So if you have an idea of someone who would like to appear on the Talking Heads podcast... Or indeed, if you'd like to come and chat with us yourself, please do get in touch. In the meantime, please listen to our past podcasts and enjoy a little peek into our gardening lives. Until the next episode of Talking Heads, goodbye! goodbye.